Mark, are you looking up what your interest rate is right now? Seven. Seven. Wow. Wow. Seven units of interest. Wow. <laughs> you know, I like to. I you know, I like. I, I. Are we recording? We're recording. We're recording. Yeah. I, I love. I love interest. You know, like when 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 people and keep people t- people tell me things and I and I tell them that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people say I'm going to charge you interest. And I'm like, thank you. There's nothing quite like being an interested person. Yep. To get the real spice and flavor of life. Yeah, that's right. That's Welcome right. to New Polity Podcast, the, 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 the place where we take words and deliberately misunderstand them to smooth over the fact that we don't know what we're talking about. That's why we call it good money, after all, isn't it? Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's why we call it good It's called good Is that? I think that's what we're going to call Welcome it. Welcome to Good Money, <laughs> podcast where we teach you how to be good with money and to recognize that small sliver way the, in which money can actually be good. The funny thing is, is that people, like, I think Alex is calling all of these good money. Okay. And so people find out, I don't know how many episodes in, that, like, we finally figured out what the name is going to be, like, here. But we've, like, right. retroactively right. applied it back. And probably by this time, you know that the podcast should have been called Evil Money. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, so today we are talking about usury and interest rates and interest and all these things that the church has always hated. Yeah, this is a big no-no. Did you know, friends, that it is a sin to charge interest on a loan? Yep. Wow. That is something that, uh, I'll be honest, when I was first really getting into my faith, Mm -hmm. one of the things that inspired me was, was the claim I could make that the Catholic church's teachings have never changed. That amped oh. me up. Like in high school, I was like, that is so awesome. Yep. Thousands and thousands of two thousands of years of tradition. <laughs> <laughs> and and I could look, you know, at the prots, these poor little sorry, that was mean. You guys are great. Um, <laughs> and I could say, Oh, you poor kids. Um, you have a changing and changeable tradition. It it, it ebbs and it flows, but I am yeah. on the rock of Peter. And then you know what someone told me? Uh, to deflate my balloon, my triumphalist balloon, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. a pretty cool balloon. Mm-hmm. A lot of yellow and white. <laughs> Swirls and spectacles. <laughs> they said, actually, the church's teaching has changed. On Don't usury? you know that the church changed its teaching on usury? And therefore, and, and this is really important, because this isn't just like a, like a, oh, here's an interesting church teaching. This is one of the primary claims by which people doubt the reality and truth of the Catholic faith because they point to it and they say, oh, no, you you are not some kind of Holy Spirit protected, guaranteed against the gates of hell from any wishy-washy doctrine. No, you're just like the rest of us. <laughs> You've got a thing that you once said and now you walked it back <laughs> and you don't say it anymore. And it was, again, with the, I, mean, I didn't really have a good understanding of like doctrinal development or anything, so I had... I had actually no defense. It was really crushing to be like, oh man, hmm. well, what does this mean for me? Like, did the gates of hell prevail against the church? Were we wrong? Were we mm. preaching the wrong thing? Mm. Mm. And so to meet a group of radicals later on in life and realize that that was just wrong to ever say that usury was um, yeah. changed. Um, the world did change and the church has a real bad habit of trying to cozy up with the world. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it is no longer a sin to charge interest on a loan. Yeah, you know, where does that come from? 
Well, I kind of know the answer to that. Well, answer kind of. it because I don't. I really don't. Well, there was a guy named Noonan that wrote a book sixty years ago or mm. something like that that made the claim that the church changed its teaching really? on okay. usury. Oh, okay. And it yeah. is, you know, it's it's a academic text where he really digs into the scholastic tradition mm. and sees what people were saying when and where, and he makes some really weird claims and theoretical errors that we won't go into but it's just it was kind of blatantly obviously wrong like the claims that he was making and then he said that because the church stopped making a distinction between money and capital in its practice Mm. uh, that we changed the understanding of usury and how we handle it and then it's a de facto change gotcha. of teaching well i think to understand any of that we're gonna to have to actually define usury right at the beginning yeah so jacob take it away what's usury usury is the charging of in of money on a loan of money yeah so in other words it's charging money charging for the use of money yeah um the idea that noonan had was that just because I just want to like clear this up really, yeah, sure. really yeah, quickly be, because the church offices stopped having people say, this is a productive loan that I'm giving to versus an unproductive loan that I'm giving to. So the difference between uh, towards a new business venture versus the buying of a house, one that will continue, continue to make money and be productive for society versus another one, which will, inevitably just costs more money to keep fixing up is is that difference between capital in the venture and just money for purchasing um and and the church actually made people like siphon their money off in certain corners and say at a certain point like this money is specifically capital and that stopped happening in the 19th century i think it was maybe it was 18th century i can't actually remember um now but uh but really just because there's that de facto change of course what was happening then well the church didn't really have any temporal authority at that point either and people started to convert away from the faith and therefore they stopped listening to holy mother church to be able to see how they should be ruling the temporal order so that's really what happened yeah so it's a de facto change yeah um rather than something that changed de jure and certainly not in terms of morality but the first condemnation of usury you find in Leviticus, even where God says, "Do not charge your brother interest for his loans." So when yeah. he falls on hard time, you give him a loan, and don't you dare ask for more money back than you gave. That's right, because that's evil, vile, and wrong. Precisely because you're making that him then work for you, mm-hmm. in a in a out of his desperation. And I think at this point, because um, the wits among us might say, yes, but in Leviticus, it then says that you can charge interest on a loan for a foreigner. So I would, there rep- needs to I would be, respond yeah. and yeah. say, um, no, it doesn't. Oh, wow. I, that was not where I expected that to go. Yeah. I would say that that, that comes in Deuteronomy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was super lame. That yeah, lame. no, and that does come in Deuteronomy, but... I th- I think that you find a really convincing response to this in Jesus' own words, um, where he, when he's talking about, rather, when, when the Pharisees come to him and say, you know, 
how is it that there is divorce? Yeah. And he says, Moses gave this to you out of the hardness of your own hearts. Uh, sclerocardion is the Greek word there. And he's this hard heartedness yeah. is why Moses gave you this allowance. Now, if you just think about this and, and, and our bud Scott, Scotty Hani, uh, makes this argument pretty pretty convincingly that you find this cycle of covenants throughout the old covenant where God will give a covenant, will fail at it, he'll renew it. Um, it'll be slightly different. He'll give us more help, support. But, but the dude, and this is what exactly what you find. The Levitical code was yeah. given at the tops of Mount Sinai. Then you have the whole golden calf episode. He has to renew it. Then they sin again in the in the plains of Moab. So from the heights of Mount Sinai to the plains of Moab, God has to renew the covenant as they're entering, about to enter the promised land. And But this one is not a covenant that God himself proclaims directly as he does where the people, the people, the Israelites hear his own voice coming from the top of Mount Sinai, where there is the great cloud around the mountain. Rather, this point is wholly and truly mediated by the judgment of Moses. Mm. So does that make it inferior in a certain sense? Well, it makes us inferior. It makes us inferior. Yeah, people. Th that's yeah, exactly yeah. right. That's the correct answer to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, the other thing to point out is that part of God's remedial work yeah. is the recognition that the world has become fallen, depraved, sin abounds, right? And what God does not do is address the whole world. He takes the Israelites and he says, I will make you a holy people. And right from the very beginning, from the call of Abraham, he makes it clear that the reason that they are to become holy, set apart, that they are to be redeemed and to have a different way of living um, is for all the other nations. So it says, you know, all nations of the earth will bless themselves by you. He's speaking mm -hmm, to Abraham. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that when we see something that's like, seems kind of like it can seem heartless now that Christianity has totally universalized. Like it's for everyone, the Gentiles, the Jews. Right. Yeah. Um, we can see it kind of heartless to say like, can't charge interest on a loan for your brother, but you can on a foreigner. Yeah. But the context that you need is that everybody is charging interest on a loan everywhere yeah. within the pagan world. So this right? is radical in and of so itself. So it's, it's remedial yeah. to say, yeah. I am going with great difficulty to carve out a space in which you freaking stop cheating each other and stop trying to make money without work, right? So he carves out yep. a little space. It's the Israelites. They have a law. They probably don't like it. Generally speaking, they don't like the law. <laughs> I mean, they do. Some people love them, but it's, it's hard, right? Because then it, it makes, it means you can't do things like get money without really doing anything. Yeah. Um, so then they live it out, but that, and, but within a, like a little enclosed garden, like a space where God focuses his mighty work. And then, but always with the recognition that the reason for the production of holiness here in and through God's grace is for the arrival of Christ as a Jew. Right. right. And, and that is what allows it to be universalized. So the church, we speak of the church as the new Israel, it takes what is sort of done almost within the Petri dish, sometimes mm -hmm. I think of, uh, of Israel, and then allows the great infection of Christianity to spread through the pagan world and kill it. Right. Absolutely. So really what you find yeah. in Leviticus is God giving a code, yeah. us not being able to fill it, showing you know, we, our, our failure. He says, okay, 
I really want this remedial teaching to work. Yeah. So let's let's make it work. Let's make it even easier for you mm -hmm. now, but still radical enough to see how the direction in which I want you to tend. Yeah, totally. And Jesus makes this very clear. He says, "This this was remedial. Yep. We need further perfection. Yep. Don't just you know hate a man in your heart because then you've actually killed him. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's it don't even if you you've lusted after a woman, then you've actually fornicated with her. So you we need to make this the like the codes of the law. These were the the teachings that get you on the way of what I really want. I want sacrifice in your hearts, baby." And so, and it's the same teaching yeah. as it comes to marriage when he says, Scleroscardian, the hardness of your heart, yep. we gave you this, but really marriage at the beginning is for one man, one woman forever. Yeah. And the same thing, and when in the parable of the talents in Matthew, the same word is used, scleros, the, the, the prefix of the Scleroscardian, the, the hard heartedness, that hardness of heart is describing the perception that the servant has of his master who whom the, the servant thinks is going to ask for interest back ask you, on, on, on the loan. So the, the, yeah, the servant thinks that the master is going to commit usury. And yes. He says, I know that you are a hard man, yeah. hard hearted, as in, I know that you do things like commit usury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. So, so which, yeah. Which he doesn't do. No. And if you read the passage. Well, it's actually, just funny. You, you pointed this out in an article, but like, like the common conception, it seems weirdly, is that like people read that, um, you know, the master comes back and he expects people to have done something with the money. Yeah. And because we're Americans, we just literally put a little sentence that is not in the text, which yeah. is, and then the master took what interest or what, what profits had been accrued by yes. the investment. Yeah. Never. It he doesn't say that. He they just he just wants them to make money and to have things, and then he gives them cities. Like, and then he gives them even more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you did that. Good job, you. You keep that, and here's a bit more. He, he doesn't yeah. take a dime. He doesn't take. He a does dime. not commit usury. Yeah. He does he, not get take interest from a loan. So, so there's there's a few different things here. So this this whole like usury is condemned in Leviticus. It's reaffirmed in Deuteronomy. Is yep. condemning that. It's it's explained by Jesus Christ in the Gospels yep. for that only hard-hearted people do this, and yeah. even uh, it's described as being like the the bank, the trapezine, the table that uh, that is mentioned. The bank where you so why wouldn't you just put my money in in the bank? If you thought I was a hard-hearted man, why wouldn't you just put it in the bank where it's explicitly, you know, gaining interest, charging usury. Uh, that word is also used for the tables that Christ oh. flipped over in the temple of the money-changing Pharisees. And he says, it's really, his point is, if you think, how can you, how can you think that I would ever be so morally corrupt yeah. as the Pharisees whose tables I overturned? Yep. That's, that's, that's what's going on. That's the, par that's the parable of the talents, baby. In a nutshell. That rules. So, that's great. Um, read Jacob's article on it. We are posting the link here. Well, it's only a section of it. Get the whole thing at issue oh, three of the right, Paul right. magazine. Now, real quick Here's, before we move on. Yeah. Why is usury bad? And I know that might seem like, well, we've just said, but actually we kind of said that God hates it. But since we're God is a um, reasonable God, yeah. we can ask why so does God So this is actually it? a full conversation that yeah. we have because there's many parts of it. In the most primary way, is that you're making other people work for you. Okay. So usury is, a, again, on the unproductive loan, not on a productive loan. So it's for the person buying a house, not 
starting a business. Okay, so let's just bracket productive loans for now and then talk about them later. Yeah, because that, that, I mean, and that might just be a different podcast because it's a really interesting and people need to know how to start business as well. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do that. Um, but let's just do the, yeah, do the unproductive loans. And really, it comes down to this, is that if you need an unproductive loan, it means that you don't have the basic necessities of life and you need money to be able to get those basic necessities of life. And, and some of these things can be like really foolish, you know, in a sense, like, why don't you have that? It's like, well, I, you know, squandered my money. I was, it was, you know, I, I fell into the vice of prodigality. I get, I, you know, uh, or a nausea or anything like that. But, you know, primarily today in our modern economy where everybody's habituated to be renters and everybody's habituated to, uh, to buying things that they don't need out of like, desperate marketing attempts and yeah. really impressive marketing attempts. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually, I feel bad for them most, sure. of, the, most of the time and uh, people don't find themselves. Everybody was told to go off to college and to get a, get a good education. And that was being wise, prudent and smart. But now you're up to your eyeballs in debt. Mm-hmm. That that is not actually a productive loan, especially since education is primarily for the edification of your soul, um, not for the amassment of your wallet. Right, totally. So, anyways, these these there's a problem. There's a problem, and yeah. the problem is that people who really know how the financial world works puts this smoke stream up. Uh, before people who don't know how it works okay. and then makes them work for them for free pretty much so that they, they gain again, wealth without work. Right. So just yeah. I mean, to put it really simply, they charge me a student loan mm-hmm. and now every month I give them money Yeah, that the only reason that they're getting m- my money, which is really mm-hmm. my labor is because they happen to have money in the first place. Yeah. Like their their power, their capacity to give the loan yep. is what I am now paying for. Yeah. <laughs> so they they actually so then again, wealth gap changes. There's yeah. there's a separation where where the rich get a little bit more and yeah. those who have less have even less. Yeah. Okay. So this this is this is the real real problem is at hand is that God has told us to be our brothers keepers. Mm. To not you know, put up a smoke screen to not pull the wool over their eyes to aid their attempt at um, having all they need. Yeah. Um, so this is this is this is a major problem. And now the medievals often said that that usury was unnatural. I, there's two things that I think are are really interesting, not too heady, so we won't get into too much detail here. But the two things that are really really interesting. The first is that the medieval said that. Uh, usury was unnatural, and they're taking they're taking a, a move from Aristotle, and so people often think like hear this point summarized as well, money is a sterile thing; it it doesn't increase. It's not like a seed where you plant it in the ground and it's you know shoots up more more fruit and it keeps giving you fruit, and then you get more seeds from those fruits, and it just keeps spawning. You know, it's a spawning machine. Uh, <laughs> It is really. I mean, it's a little terrifying when you see how many seeds are in a marigold. Oh, dude, the You're ROI like, on any seed that God gives us is better than any company that you. Can oh ever my give gosh! You on it. Yeah, it's just abundance. It's yeah. like you immediately get lost in infinity. It's like when God told Abraham to count the stars. That's oh, how man. I feel about when I'm like, wait a minute. Within two generations of marigold growing, I could cover 
the state of Ohio in marigolds. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is amazing. Anyways, but we're not talking about plants, we're talking about money. And yeah, I agree. People, like, yeah. obviously it's not productive. So how is it multiplying? Yeah. And so, but the, you know, the funny thing is, is that money does multiply and that's exactly what uh the the nobleman says in that parable of the talents mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. is go off and and be productive yeah so don't bury your your treasure as, as it were and, and again as we've been saying that if christ is using this analogy for the spiritual life then it's darn true for the for this physical life as well and uh but of course it's not based upon money as something that is alive it's just an artifact we created it we use it what's unnatural about it is that we use it in this way sure. and particularly what is the way in which we're using it well we're using money as based upon the third definition of money as a store of value so we've talked about this a little bit where you have this the threefold definition of money today the way that most scholars talk about money is that it is a, it's a medium of exchange, the unit of account, and it's a store of value. And for the for the scholastics, the the really the only point of money was that it was a medium medium of exchange. It was only then secondarily a unit of account and only tertiary a store of value. And it was only a store of value because. Well, it might be a few days until you use it up and it can't, like bread, go moldy after a couple of days. Uh, but what usury does is that it turns it around. It puts the store of value as the first aspect of money because it's using time as the thing that you are charging for. Okay. This, Walk me through that yeah. like I'm six years old. <laughs> so, uh, hi, little Marky. How are you doing today? Um, well, if I'm six, I'm <laughs> playing peewee soccer. I'm a little bit overweight. Ooh, sorry, yeah, man. But thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, this idea is that when when you give out... So you have a student loan. Yeah, I do. Um, every month you have to make a payment on it. Uh, when I'm feeling generous. <laughs> Every every yes, month, I you, do. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and 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 historically, you'd find this changes a lot, but there was a common twelve percent annual interest rate. You know, a percentage a month, your 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 loan goes up that you have to pay on. Uh, this is, in a sense, you are charging for every month that you are lending your money. Yeah, that for that month. That is worth one percentage more. Right. So you are literally charging a month is, is a time unit. Yeah. You're literally charging time. I see. Time is sacred. Right. So like like the thing that I'm buying mm -hmm. is time. Yeah. So in 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 a sense, this is simonial, and it is. Yeah. It's like Whoa. It's, it's Whoa. the, no, the no, no. simony. Just, yeah. Yeah. Let's do the take, man. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> So simony is the sin where you purchase uh, spiritual goods and uh, for and money and sell them yeah, and sell money. them, yeah, yeah, and sell them as well. Purchase them and sell them. So like traditionally, like like would be most often often applied to church land, or yeah, like a church or like a, a relic or a sacred object. Yeah, yeah. You find uh, Simon in the Book of Acts, chapter nine, I believe, who tries to buy the power 
of the apostles right. to be able to work his own miracles. He says, you know, how much do you, you know, do I need to pay you to be able to do this? Yep. As if it was some gimmick almost. And hmm. and then he'd be able to go and amass more power that way. Wow. Um, but any anything that's blessed, so just, you know, FYI, if you're trying to buy a relic or trying to buy something that's blessed, you, you be wary because that's simony. Don't do it. Um, that I mean, you think that's just like a passing thing, but I see that a lot, man. Well, it's not. Yeah, that's why I felt I should actually say it. I just was smiling when I said it because yeah, yeah, I wanted them that. not to don't be mad at me. Do yeah. it. I know there's that weird like uh, pyramid scheme where where people sell you like you know cute holy cards and stuff, mm -hmm. but just check on it. Right? <laughs> Yeah, no, it is worth checking on actually because it is it is serious. And once you're dealing with, um, with prayer itself, that's that's powerful. And, and perverted prayer is is very dangerous. So, but time is sacred. Okay, justify that. Yeah, it's harder. Uh, time marks the periods in which God has manifested Himself mm. in the world. Yeah, He is the eternally present. He is the one that is moving us further and further into himself time is not linear but it is forward progressing totally and when we have our we, we have glimpses of, of a world beyond time when we when we sit with our memory that delivers us back but there is that there is also a time beyond time that is forward and that's what we're progressing sure. towards you might think of like in the way that this is a more i guess popular doctrine in the orthodox church that when christ entered uh the waters of the jordan for his baptism he blessed the waters they they turned back on their course um, yeah. and but it's also like like how we have holy like the waters of baptism so like yeah. water becomes holy yeah um by christ entering into it and you can think of like the river of time because mm -hmm. it's also the this is how we speak right is that god entered time yeah. Right. So it's no longer something that is merely like uh, secular as if it ever was. <laughs> yeah. Right. But now, but now it's, it's the place where time is the place where uh, Christ put his tent. So, yeah. 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 Indeed. Yeah. He's tabernacle amongst us. So, so time is, is properly God's, we can't control it. I sure. mean, another just really easy way of thinking about it is that like, you cannot control time. Sure. You do not own it because you don't master it. It right. owns you. Mm. And, and that is God's yep. making clear to us that we are created and not creators. That's true. So, so you cannot, so this brings us to this idea of when you attempt to control time yeah. through the lending of money at, at a, a, a time unit, yeah. then, then you are trying to play God at that moment. Gotcha. And so that's very, very dangerous, but it's really just also stupid. I mean, it's a huge oversight in what the purpose of money actually is. It's not meant to be a store of of value. It's not supposed to last all that long. For the for the scholastics and for all the Christian tradition, going all the way back to Leviticus, money is supposed to be a medium of exchange. It's supposed to participate in, in economies of gift, of of ensuring that other people have what they need, mm -hmm. of giving giving goods to one another. Mm -hmm. And so when when people start to misuse or, or misapply the purpose of money, say thinking of it as an end in of itself, yeah. which is, which is what the store value is. If it's a store value, that means you're keeping it. Yep. It means that, that money is the goal yep. is that amassing it is the goal. Yeah. 
it's the terminus at that point. Mm. But it's not a terminus. It's a medium. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it just goes back to that thing. Money stored is, is worthless. Yeah, money it, stored is worthless. You either yeah. spend it. Look what it did to King Midas. Guy <laughs> died hungry. Yeah. So the... So this is this is the major issue with with usury for the scholastics is that it changed the teleology uh, in an economy. It made it for profit and not for uh, right care or, or things. So money itself yeah. becomes the goal because money itself now is given an artificial fruitfulness. That's right. Yeah, it, but by our action, by our action, by our action, and by our willingness to submit to that. You know, and it's so strange to me is that in the modern the the moderns who modern catholics even that try to justify usury they do it by saying that money then used to be sterile you know it was just <laughs> silver and gold yeah but money now is not i mean just look at it it's changing all the time it's values changing all the time mm -hmm. uh it's you know the interest rates that are fluctuating all this stuff and therefore because it's no longer sterile, we are allowed to charge for the use of our money. Right, right. Which is so funny because even then, it's just a misunderstanding of what sterility meant. It, obviously, obviously, all money, even even the stuff that we have today, sitting in your bank account, that's not doing anything. We created it. We don't have the power to create seeds that are going to multiply out. Right. Like it's only sterile insofar as it is meant to be used as a sterile object. Yeah. It's it's only fruitful insofar as people use it. And the fact that yeah, the value... I'm sensing that in the future you're going to have a podcast where you say that when you give um, three million dollars to a bank, then they just pretend that they actually have twenty seven million dollars and lend it out as such. Uh, and that would be an example of like just straight up pretending we think it's fruitful, therefore it's fruitful. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's also an example of you controlling time. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I do have that power. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is a good example. What fractional reserve banking does is by having more, per saying that they have more money than, than they do. Banks claiming that they have more money than they actually do. So we're we're really left at this predicament where we've made the same error over and over again that we've tried to absolutize things in this world mm. make them out into being static uh, things that do not change through time and that they have an existence outside of human life yeah totally it's weird it's like this simultaneous pride and like excess of humility um in that like on the one hand we're obviously trying to be gods and we're trying to make money into a kind of God that has life. I mean, this is one of the biggest yeah. um, complaints of the Hebrew prophets against idols. It's like, look, you can poke them and they fall over. They're not alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which we're all like, ha ha. Imagine living in the ancient world and thinking that things that weren't intrinsically alive were in fact alive. Dummies. And then we're like, okay, cool. The so my money mix. is working for me out there. I, you know, if you're not letting your money work for you, you're you're a sap. You're a sucker. You got to get that thing in the stock market. Stock market's got to gobble it up and then use it. And when it's using it, it's gonna it's gonna do good things. You're gonna grow companies. You're sitting there. You think you're just sitting there. You're not sitting there. Your money's got a shovel. Your money's digging a hole. And it's and and you're already you know you're, you're making pencils out in Taiwan. And it's because of you and the power of money, which just changes. I mean, 
I mean, oh my gosh, it's so dumb. It, it, it is exact. We do the exact same thing. Just check yourself on it from time to time. Whenever you say you say the words, and we do this sometimes yeah. too because it gets jargony. Yeah. Uh, the market mechanisms. The market does. The market's growing. Growing. The, mar- yeah. the state acts like it's just like whoa. whoa, whoa. Let's just make sure that we realize that we are talking about people. Yeah, right? pe- people do these things yeah. and then think these things, and then yeah, yeah. So and, and this is, and, but it is an I mean, and really smart people too. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll I'll call out some guys. Do it. Yeah, we're calling names I, and people I really like, like interpersonally. We're and calling smart, names but, of but friends. But Jane Richards <laughs> and John Finnis make make this oh, yeah. error, and 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 I and I just cite them in part because I want to razz them a little bit. I like like doing that to my buddies, but also because they are properly brilliant guys, yeah. and they still make this mistake. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, well, so we know, need to catch know. ourselves on yeah. it. So that's the that's one of the things that people say today. The justified okay. usury is that money today is productive in a way that it was not yeah. before. Yeah. Another thing that they say is that we have infinite opportunity costs now. So, so Thomas Aquinas mentions this is that. If we, for him, and I don't think they know this background, but for him, if you had designated a part of your medium of exchange, your money, as being capital, something to start a business with, yeah. and usually you think of, uh, well, today we, we think of money as capital, but you might think of like a building in which to put a brewery as capital yeah. or your fermenters to have your brewery set up. That is, you know, capital. Yeah. Things that are going to be lasting with you that helps you be productive. Mm-hmm. No, if, if you if for back in classic time, if you had designated part of your money as capital, yeah. and then somebody comes along and says, "Hey, you know, I really need some money. Could you help me out?" Then the only money that you had is what you had officially registered as capital. Then you could charge based upon that, which is interesting, and I don't really want to talk about it because I don't really understand it. But um, but the argument today is since all money is capital, sure. then you can always charge interest, whereas that was an extraordinarily rare situation. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, so so the argument is essentially that because we have decided to treat all money as a living thing, thereby obscuring the fact that what's really happening is that wealthy people are making money on money, mm-hmm. uh, then we can help them make money on money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so a good one. There's, But really, so you have these two, you, and so you really have to catch yourself. On, on this one as well is that those two arguments really don't work to justify usury yeah. today. And those are the two big arguments. Sure. Um, and then there's also the confusing unproductive and productive loans, but we'll talk about the productive loans. Okay. Well then maybe, point. maybe we should wrap this thing up then so we can get to I wanted discussion. Just, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to, Oh, next question. No, no, no. Go ahead. This is the last thing that I, I, I want to want to talk about though is, this focus on money as an end, this terminus rather than as a medium. And, and there's actually to talk about our current modern U S economy as usurious is, is very appropriate because it's not just that we commit usury, but it's usurious top to bottom, meaning that we think that money is the terminus and not the medium. And and I just want to read out a, a couple parts where St. Thomas is writing to uh, the king of, what does he write? De regime, de regimine, to king of, Cy, Cy, what's a little island off of Italy? Cyprus? Cyprus, king of Cyprus. 
think that's who he writes it to. Pretty cool. But I want to I want to just read. Oh, De Regnum. Regno. Regno. Yeah, he has they uh, on 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 kingdoms and then on kings, and then on something else. But anyways, somebody people think that. This is so boring. Yeah. Why are we even read the, about read Aquinas. This? It's a, read just him. pretend it's in the Summa. It's, all, says, it's all in the Summa. <laughs> yeah, it's all in the Summa. If the citizens themselves devote their life to matters of trade, the way will be opened to many vices. Since the foremost tendency of tradesmen is to make money, greed is awakened in the hearts of the citizens through the pursuit of trade. The result is that everything in the city will become for sale. Good faith will be destroyed and the way open to all kinds of trickery. Each one will work only for his own profit, despising the public good. The cultivation of virtue will fail since honor, virtue's reward, will be bestowed upon the rich. Mm. Thus, in such a city, civic life will necessarily be corrupted. Oh, that's hard. That's hard to hear. Yeah, it's like the most up-to-date. Yeah, evaluation that, of our current absolutely. I mean, the, the only thing to like kind of modernize it would be that when Aquinas is thinking about trade, like the word trade, um, he's really thinking about a merchant class that's emerging and is um, are kind of alone in their use of money. Whereas when we think of trade, I think it can have actually good connotations because sometimes it can mean something like barter or like. Mm. You know mm, what I mean? Like mm. I am trading a good with you instead right. of seeking money. Yeah. Like so we I had think on that, our advent calendar. Exactly. Like we're yeah. telling people to sin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But but the yeah. idea of focus on trade is like like when your society wants money. Yeah, and, that's, and that's right. The, the goods are just the way to get the money. Yeah. Is, is the and and he the says idea. you know trade at a certain point is it shouldn't entirely be kept out of your city because there's certain goods that you you need like think of. If, if famine ever did come to your land, yeah. you need merchants to go over and, and bring things back. But even in that case, then, then they are specifically designated in your community mm -hmm. to get a certain good yeah. and return it. Yeah. But if you are just trading, then you have, you're trading a good for, for money. And then that's where the, where the trade ends or you start with money. Actually, excuse me. That's not right. You have a merchant class starts with money, yeah. goes to the next town gets a good, brings it back to his own town and trades it then for money. Yeah. That's specifically gotcha. what Thomas is talking about. So you have this money, commodity, money, and you end with money yeah. and money becomes the terminus. And that is in a sense, usurious insofar as money becomes the teleology mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of your productive activity. Sure. Yeah. And so this is, and so when we talk about the problems of, interest and the problems of usury and the problems of our current economy, it is usurious all the way down because we have that profit motive that he speaks of and not the public good yeah. as our primary. Yeah. End. And that really stands out as like, what better description of civic life in America, but a pretty quick, um, uh, orientation of the giving of honors away from virtue, away from even like yep. valor, like military valor, and giving it to Jeff Bezos, giving it to the rich. I mean, you yeah. think about the fact that like, like even if we were pagans, you'd think like we'd know who our like generals were, like like yeah. people that like I don't know did yes. heroic acts. Yes. You know, even whatever we think about the military yeah. or anything else, you just would assume that with all of the flag waving we do, yep, right, that we would know mm -hmm. a single general. Yeah, that we would know like a single battle. Yep. that America has ever fought. We don't. It's just the people that are already in the military that read those books and care. 
Yeah. It's like we we don't have like honor goes to the wealthy. Yep. Honor yeah, that's right. Wealthy. Yeah. So don't be usurious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah quick, nice. quick things to, I mean, you know, just think about if you're feeling depressed. I'd think number one, just go back to the to our first rule of money. Mm. Money's a placeholder, so what know what it's holding a place for. Mm-hmm. That makes sure that you realize in your own heart and know in your own mind that it is a medium for Yeah, never store it for its yeah. own sake. Store it for its I own sake. I never believe the lie that it's so easy to tell yourself that you're storing it for an unforeseen disaster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna have to do something on that. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um <laughs> and then the uh the other thing that I would um, welcome is is actually take your money out of whatever bank that you're mm. you're in and try and see if there's a local credit Catholic union. credit union that you trust. But you know it's it's hard. It's even hard to find those these days. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Ohio Federal Catholic Credit Union is what we use. They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do. They do get the job done, but you know it's it's tough. It's really tough. The last thing that I really will say is that Vatican, the Fifth Lateran, excuse me, Council made a distinction between usury and interest, and and they made this distinction to say that interest, you can tell what when interest permissible interest is when there is no profit. Mm-hmm. At the company at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and there is in the in the loan is given out of charity. Yep. So you can you have a financial and a moral way of telling whether or not something is usurious or or, uh, or not. And really, how do you tell? I say that there's no profit at the end of the day. If you are a bank and you are just covering your expenses and you're 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 not really in the black all that much, you're just breaking even, then then you're okay. Mm-hmm. And if you are giving out, if you are very meticulous about giving out every loan to people who really need it and, and people that you know, at that point, you are doing that out of charity because they need to be helped buoyed up out of their current state um, and into into one with you know, less material anxiety. Mm-hmm. So so those are the two things that um, to watch out for. You're probably not going to find them all too often. But but that distinction is is proper and, and should be named and remembered for this next podcast that um, that Mark foresaw in his memory. That's right. <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll have to talk a little more about about uh, good interest next time. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Again, this is Good Money. I'm Mark. That's Jacob. You can email us with any questions, um, and we will maybe get to them unless we think they're dumb. <laughs> Peace. Bye. <laughs>